a group of young misfits called the Goonies discover an ancient map and set out on an adventure to find a legendary pirate's long-lost treasure. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining, Ruining Our, Our Childhood. Childhood. The bonus-ode. Yeah. And if you can tell from our logline, we're doing the Goonies. Yeah. And you should already know that. You know, I actually wrote down, whenever I'm getting to know somebody, and now somehow the conversation goes towards movies you like, this inevitably is one that I'll ask. And if they haven't seen it, I'm like, I really don't want to be your friend. No joke. That's a little harsh. Nope. I can't disagree with you. <laughs> it's a little harsh, but uh, you might be onto something. I mean, if you didn't watch this movie and you're around our age, what kind of childhood did you have? A pretty crappy one. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Pretty crappy. Um. So, yeah, guys, thank you for joining us. This mm-hmm. is a... Ruiners Club exclusive minisode. Unless you're listening to this on our regular podcast feed. Hi. You're lucky that you're listening to this episode, but usually you have to sign up. Yeah. And if you haven't, why haven't you? Yes. It's free. It's free right now. Yeah. We're beta testing. It's going wonderful. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Uh, to just... join the Ruiners Club... If you are listening to this on our regular feed, just go to our website, ruiningourchildhood.com, and hit that link that says join our fan club. Or as Ryan likes to say in all of our episodes, just go to our website and, you know, put your address in. There you go. Your email address. Just anywhere. (laughs) Just start typing it. Don't actually tell them where to go. There's a secret field you have to find by clicking on things. Then you find it and you put in your address. That seems like a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, and a bad business model. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Try to make it as easy as possible, Ryan. Very true. So The Goonies. The 1985 classic The Goonies. Yes. And this is definitely one of our untouchables. Yes. And why, why did we pick this movie, Ryan? I don't know if it's one of my... I would say it is probably one of my earliest movie memories... We had a copy that was recorded off of television. Nice. Because we were cheap. And I don't know how many times I watched it as a kid, but I feel like I watched it about 900 times. Yeah. To the point we've talked about when you were homesick from school, you usually had like a go-to movie. This was my sick day movie. Yeah. I was trying to think today, what is my earliest memory from this of watching this movie, and I honestly can't remember. Obviously, it came out a year before I was born, mm-hmm. so it's older than I am. Yes. But I feel like I saw it really early on, but I don't know if we owned it. I honestly can't remember. I don't think we owned it on VHS, but I do remember watching it on TV a lot because I was aware of it. I knew what it was. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I got old enough to like own my own things. I bought it, so... I would say it was one of the first DVDs I bought. Yeah. When I because when I started working, DVDs were just becoming like exploding. They were blowing up, so I didn't buy it on VHS when I started working. I went with the DVD. Right. 
but I do remember the VHS copy that we had. It had National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on it, Muppets Family Christmas, which was a TV special, and The Goonies. And I would watch those three things all the time. Nice. So they were, like, I have admiration for all of them. Right. But yeah. I do remember for a while Best Buy would give you a like a $5 voucher if you would trade in a DVD. Yeah. And I took in my copy of Goonies to get this $5 voucher and the clerk was offended. <laughs> You're like, I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah I did. And they're like, oh, okay. Because for a second there, I was like, what is wrong with you? Why are you getting rid of this movie? And I was like... Okay, you're a good person. And I guess that just shows you how beloved this movie is, uh, especially to people our age and mm-hmm. a little older, yeah. obviously. Because, like I said, this this movie is actually older than I am. Mm-hmm. It came out what you were like one. Yeah. When I, it originally came out. so My parents didn't take me to see this in theater. That I know of. I, in theaters? Yeah. Or theater? In theater. <laughs> you're a jerk. I know. So I guess we can transition mm-hmm. into why we think this movie resonates with so many people. And why do you think? The fact that it's a group of friends who, they're younger. You know, we all had our little group of friends we hung out with when we were kids. And they're searching for a pirate treasure. Yes. Like, when you're kids, you play pirates and stuff yeah. like that. So it was like, they were us. And I would have loved to have gone on... Like a legit Indiana Jones style, you got to solve these little puzzles, and I don't know, it was just, it's everything I wanted from my childhood. Yeah, it definitely was something that I felt like, yeah, I want to go on an adventure, and so amazing. And then it kind of fits in that mold of kids besting adults yes, and adult villains. Mm-hmm. Which kind of goes hand in hand with like Home Alone, mm-hmm. which ironically, I didn't know until this day. I don't know if you knew this, that Chris Columbus wrote this. How did I not know that? I always thought Spielberg wrote it, but I... He did this story, yeah. but the screenplay was written by Chris Columbus. Yeah. Who directed, for anybody that doesn't know, he directed Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. Some would say the better Home Alone. <laughs> that, that's... That, that's just you. <laughs> and uh the first two harry potters correct yes Mm -hmm. so a lot of movies from our childhood that resonate with us still yeah and the other thing that i think's kind of lost is or at least it was i think it's lost on some people is they're a group of outcasts kind of nerdy kids you can tell they're not the popular kids at school like obviously there's a jock who picks on them and stuff so it's like that's relatable i'm sure not all of us were the cool kids. I also feel like they they don't ever explicitly say it, but they come from like the poorer side of town, I would yeah. say. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only time they really mention it is with Troy and his dad talk about how rich they are, like douchebags. Yes. Um, but they, I mean, their houses look nice, but they mm-hmm. are a little older and they're going to demolish them to make a golf course for their country club, which is just... Is just the world we live in, right? Honestly, I didn't know this until a few years ago. There was a golf course right behind the house my dad grew up in. Mm-hmm. And they had tore down the projects. Oh, wow. The projects were behind his house. They tore those down and put in a golf course. That's about right. Yep. 
So I'm like, this is that's what they're trying to do to these people. Although they, I mean, they didn't live in the projects, but but maybe in Astoria, it was the the older part of town. Exactly. So yeah. It definitely. His dad is a museum curator. Probably doesn't make tons of money. No. And I don't know what anybody else's dad does. Mouse's dad's a plumber. I yeah. I literally. I don't think they mention anybody else's parents. What they no. do. Uh. Uh-uh. It's just a really well done movie. Mm-hmm. When we rewatched it, I don't think we necessarily had to rewatch it today to no. even talk about it because we've seen it so many times. But it's always nice to watch. It's a very, it's like a a blanket, like a yeah, like a warm. What's the word I'm looking? It's like comforting. A, it's comforting. Yeah. What am I thinking of, guys? <laughs> I can't think of the phrase. But it's a movie. I would say me and you've watched it on average once a year at least you know we went and saw it in theaters a couple years yeah. ago they were doing a, a, a you know a special showing on like a saturday and we went and saw it yeah and we learned some new things from that movie because yeah. of that showing they before the movie they were showing music videos and like little short behind the scenes stuff and i'd never seen the uh, cindy lopper music video yeah and it had a bunch of wrestling had a uh, rowdy piper yeah and I had learned today that the actor that plays Sloth yeah. was a football player. He was college teammates with another pro wrestler, Paul Orndorff. Oh, okay. Who, uh, he was Roddy Piper's tag team partner at WrestleMania 1. They wrestled oh. Hulk Hogan. I was like, holy crap, small world. Yeah. But yeah, when we went and saw that, I was like, I never knew all these wrestlers were in this music video. This is the best. Yeah. yeah. It's a good song. It is. It takes me back. I, I know I've said it, you know, a couple times in the podcast that when you watch a movie so much, like the music, even just the score takes you back. Mm-hmm. Any sort of theme song. It just, I felt like I was like 10 again. Yeah. Just uh, that opening scene where uh, one of the Fratellis is escaping from jail. Yeah. The music that is playing, I instantly went back to being a five-year-old sitting on the floor watching this. Yeah, because that's like the music they play throughout the movie. Almost yeah. like it has, there's a reoccurring theme. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I guess we can just move on to any plot points you want to talk about, any great moments you like. Like I said, we we talked about when you're kids, you go on your imaginary treasure hunts. I'm like, these kids are actually going on a real one. But the one thing I do wonder is they come across Chester Copperpot. Yeah. Who was this guy, treasure hunter before them that yeah. he disappeared. An Indiana Jones type, maybe. Yeah. And they find his wallet and they open it up and he has a Lou Gehrig baseball card. And I wonder what the value of that baseball card is. In 1985 even or in, now? Even now. Or even <laughs> 1985. I wonder if they would have just went into a card shop and were like, I'll give you this. Like, how much money would they have gotten? <laughs> That's almost like a plot hole in the sense that they could have turned around. Yeah. <laughs> The movie would be over. <laughs> like, Luke Gehrig, this this is rare, guys. Let's yeah. go ahead and head out. We're going to go over to Tony's card shop. I'm sh- We can save all of our houses. We're going to yeah. be fine. Uh, the part at the beginning during the cop car chase, mm-hmm. and you're, you're kind of getting an introduction to each character of the group of the Goonies, and Mouth is helping his dad with plumbing, and he's like, turn off the TV, son. I can't hear myself think. So he yeah. turns it off. But he hears the cop cars again because he's watching a show where there's a cop car chase mm-hmm. and he hits the TV and then just shrugs. And I just, <laughs> it reminded me of in Home Alone when Kevin just shrugs. What, what part was it? It was just, 
It's just like a kid thing to do. Like, oh, I could be in danger or something crazy is happening. Oh, well, I'm not going to look into it. I was like, hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what part it was. It, was it? I don't know. I'll have to think about it or look it up. In Home Alone 2, when Rob Schneider delivers his boxer shorts, and he was like, no gum? Okay. And yeah. he shrugs. But yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Just another kind of pothole is I do wonder if Chunk's parents sue the city for the sheriff totally blowing him off when he calls in to report the fraternities. I mean, if they wanted to. Yeah. Because even he does it at the end of the movie again. Yeah. And he's like telling stories again. Yeah. Then two seconds later, they see the pirate ship float on by. Worst sheriff Which I'm ever. just like, who... Who in that group of people that are witnessing that are just slowly backing away going, I got a speedboat in the marina. I'm chasing after that. Yeah. I would totally do that. I would have. That pirate ship, I would say, like kind of opened, not a fascination, but like a little fandom for me. Yeah. With pirates. Like I love Pirates of the Caribbean. When I was kids, there was a bunch of pirate Lego sets that I always wanted. Like they always looked so fun to me yeah i loved hook yes you know even though it's not like completely centered around pirates no but i like the treasure aspect more Mm -hmm. i do love pirates though but anyway (laughs) i don't know what else to talk about this movie's good at the end (laughs) (laughs) what was your favorite and funniest moment one of my favorite lines is martha plimpton who plays steph they just gotten basically past their first booby trap which mm-hmm. is the big stones falling down and they're in this little like hole i guess or a little cave yeah and brand josh brolin's character starts moving the rock and she's like brand god put that rock there for a purpose and i'm not so sure you should uh move it <laughs> <laughs> the minute he moves it a bunch of bats come out but oh. i just love the way she said that <laughs> oh uh, god how about you it's funny because that is a moment that like we can almost do the line with her uh for me i love the scene where mikey and bran are gonna have to move so their mom who like has an injured arm brings home a lady to help them yeah and she only speaks spanish so she asks mouth to translate and Corey feldman is just scaring the living shit out of this lady rosita telling her like the order in which the drugs are in the dresser which doesn't make sense because she's there to help them pack up the house yes and he's telling her like where to pack them where to put the drugs in the dresser yeah (laughs) but But then he tells her like there's sexual torture devices in the attic yeah and if she doesn't listen they're gonna lock her up in the house with a bunch of cockroach but the best part is like the mother who's telling him everything to say when she comes back she like points like do you understand yeah she's like do, do <laughs> you'll you be very it? happy here <laughs> but mouth is just a psycho and scaring the shit out of her uh, yeah. I, I love that part yeah and when chunk breaks the penis off the statue at the beginning of the movie uh-huh. and mikey's just like that's my mom's favorite most favorite piece <laughs> Uh, and then when he glues the penis back on he glues it on upside down and josh brolin's like 
that's not how it goes, you idiot. If that's how we were made, we'd all pee in our faces. And then Chuck's like, it looks fine to me. And I'm like, what's going down, going on downstairs, Chuck? Right, Chuck, are your testicles above your penis? Oh, uh, God. They have, there's so many just good lines and they deliver them so naturally sometimes that I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at the caliber of acting from these group of children. Yeah. Versus some other 80s movies that we've watched and where the kids are just yelling their lines. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, where did you get this kid? (laughs) They suck. They are terrible. They have great timing. Yeah. Like when the guy, uh, Troy's dad pulls up and he's like, is your mommy home? He says it to Bran, who's clearly like 16. Yeah. And he's, no, she's at the store picking up Pampers for all of us kids. Yeah. And the guy didn't go, screw you, you dick, or anything. I'm just like, you have a child probably the same exact age as Brand. Mm -hmm. And are you rich? Are you that like rich entitled dad that doesn't spend any time with his children at all? You think all kids are in diapers? Four? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Good times. Yeah. I also, one of my favorite parts too is. When uh, Dada, they're at the ship, it's towards the end of the movie, and he starts just yelling and venting about, like, people up there, they don't like my inventions, and <laughs> I work for months and months on these inventions, and uh, I just love it, because he's just, I was like, you're so angry. <laughs> uh, I love that kid. He is in two of yes. the best movies of all time, so. Yes, he's amazing. He's short round. Yes. I do remember talking to... My coworker Julie and you know going like who's your favorite actor, and she rattled off his like name yeah like verbatim to me she's like uh Ki Hu Kwan and I'm like who the hell is that and she's like short round from Indiana Jones Data from Goonies and she was dead serious that was her favorite actor with re- good reason <laughs> he's amazing and like you said he's in two of our favorites yeah. yeah. Did you have anything else you want to talk about as far as the best moments or funniest moments? No, just the entire movie. That's, yeah. That's the best the moment. The whole movie is the, whole movie. the best. The best. Yeah. What about any like dated references or anything? There's the usual suspects, the dated appliances and TVs. Yeah. And there was a, a Donkey Kong arcade. But the one thing that I think kids would probably be confused on as to what it is, is the spring-loaded resistant workout band thing that brandon's playing with yeah where i don't know if kids would know what that is <laughs> i mean it looks like a resistant band just more archaic i guess yeah I but, do. yeah well, they strap him to a chair they made some references to like michael jackson which obviously is i guess is timeless in a way as a timeless reference to yeah because you should know who he is also mouth is wearing a purple rain t-shirt yeah and which is a shirt you probably can buy at any target right yeah, now so it's like that's true. it was a good selection yeah. on the let's reference michael jackson and have a guy wear a prince shirt like yeah. it's not wearing some one hit wonders t-shirt and then andy when she's playing the skeleton piano which is one of the parts i love the most as a kid mm-hmm. um because it was scary yeah uh was that she said i'm not liberace you know yeah and I don't know if I got that reference when I was a kid because I didn't really know who Liberace was. I had no clue. Honestly, that was about it. Yeah. Oh, like it's, it's I mean, it's the appli- the appliances you would expect in a movie from 1985. And yeah. kids are wearing cool t-shirts. 
Yeah. Yeah. It helps with the timeless factor, though, because they're not attached to any sort of device or mm-hmm. they're, they're watching TV. They're watching MTV, which is probably not something kids do these days. They'll probably yeah. just put it on YouTube. True that. <laughs> I was just thinking of our conversation with our nephews yesterday when yes. I was like, oh, what TV show are you watching? Uh, we're not actually watching a TV show. We're watching YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was when I was a kid and it kind of bothered me, I felt like Brand looked so much older than Mikey and everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he really wasn't, actually. But, like, acting, the actor. I just thought it was weird. He didn't have any friends his own age. <laughs> kind yeah. of, he hung out with his little brother's friends. Yeah. Which I found a little like, oh, that's sad. But is it because he is a goonie? Is that why? That could be. My brother hung out with... uh some of my friends growing up. Yeah. Yeah. He did have his own friends, too. Yeah. yeah. But are you talking about your middle brother? No, my oldest brother. Oh, okay. Because we had that similar age. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, yeah. your middle brother is, like, there's a year difference. Yeah. No, and also, when I was younger and, like, the age of the Goonies, they wanted to hang out with my older brothers because they were the older brothers. That's true. You know, and they, they were cool. They were good at sports. Maybe it's different because... I'm a female and my brother's a male. Like, my brother didn't want to hang out with a bunch of preteen girls. <laughs> Go Fair figure. Enough. We tried to hang out with him, though, and his friends all the time. He is a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? No. Want to move on? Riveting stuff, guys. You want to move on and hand out some awards? Yes. Go ahead. As always, on Ruining Our Childhood is award season, and on our special bonus episodes, we give out three awards. Yes. We give out a bonus award. That's the kind of content you have to sign up for. You get three awards. You get three. Uh, The first of which is the Emily Jean Stone Award for Delightful Acting, a.k.a. the Emma Stone Award, a.k.a. the Stoney. I put a.k.a. and I don't know if that's a real thing. (laughs) I just... Sounded good. I think it would actually be A A K A. Also, 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 also known, known as. <laughs> but we went with the also known as 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 <laughs> the Stony. Uh, who did? Uh, are you supposed to ask me? Yeah, who did you give your award to? I gave mine to Sean Astin. Okay. And this is definitely one of those movies where I could have given it to numerous people. Yeah. I always loved Mikey. Apparently should be living in a bubble. They never really establish, other than he's small and he has asthma. Yeah. Why his mom is like so concerned about him going outside. And I'm like, well, then why did, why do you guys live in such a damp place? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, But he just, he's the leader. Yeah. Even though he's the younger brother, he's the definite leader. He's the one that wants to go on this quest. Mm-hmm. He wants to save his neighborhood and his friends. And he gives the most passionate speeches yes he does so i just i I loved him i -hmm. thought he was just adorable when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and yeah i agree with you in the sense you could really give them to anybody in this i gave mine to mouth Uh uh-huh i do love me some Corey feldman yes he's great in this he was such a great kid actor and like you said earlier it's amazing they could get not one great kid actor. There's multiple in this movie. And then we watched some of his other movies. And like you said, we watched one where the little girl's just screaming her lines yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. He was definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Um, along with some other ones, which we'll get to in the next award. But it, I did read a trivia fact that Corey Haim actually went out for the part of mouth, and that's actually how they met for the first time. Oh, wow. Because they'd never met before. Nice. And then they ended up starring in like six movies together, becoming best friends. Mm-hmm. You know? The two Corys. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew that. That's uh, cool. According to imdb.com, <laughs> not sponsored by us. I could actually see Corey Haim playing Mikey. Definitely. Because, like, Look, his character in Lucas, and then... You know what's funny? When I was a little kid, I think the first or second time watching this movie, I think it was after I watched one... I don't remember the first Corey movie I watched, mm. but it was after watching that, and I thought it was him. Yeah. I just, in my head, because he does... I will say a young Sean Astin does look like he very similar to Corey Haim. Mm-hmm. Then as I got older, I was like, nope, that's a totally different person. Yeah. No, I could I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yes. The next award is the Scene Stealing Award, a.k.a. the Stanley Tucci, mm-hmm. a.k.a. just basically a, a second runner up to the Emily Jean Stone Award. Who'd you give yours to? I gave mine to Martha Plimpton as Steph because I felt like she was a great straight man. Yes. But also, like you pointed out, she gets some good zingers in there. Uh, I like when uh, she tells Annie or Andy to keep her eyes open next time she kisses Bran because so, it's going to be a totally, oh, yeah. totally different experience because she kissed Mikey and didn't yeah. know it. But then also I love at the end of the movie, they're trying to escape from the Fratellis and she runs by Mama Fratelli and just points to the air. When she looks up, she punches her. Yeah. It's That's awesome. I, I do like that. In this movie, there's more than one, like, female character. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, we need to fill our quota, but we'll put two in there. Yeah. And she was definitely the funnier of the two. Yeah. Andy has a little bit of anxiety, and has, she's going through a lot of the teenager she's things. The being the damsel in distress yeah. a lot. Yeah. I gave mine to Jeff Cohen as Chunk, because I feel like this movie would be nothing without him. That's a great point. <laughs> He has some of the funnier parts in the movie, and I just thought I just loved him as a kid. Obviously, like the uh, uh, truffle shuffle, truffle shuffle. Mm-hmm. I couldn't talk. I was like, I kept wanting to say shuffle shuffle. <laughs> that's that's not how you say that. And he he's the one that bridges the gap between him and Sloth, like yeah. the friendship that yeah. where it all began. Yeah. And if he didn't befriend Sloth, then those kids would probably be dead. That's very true. Just saying. Because him and stuck in a cave. And save the day. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I was thinking that like they never gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was obviously a little bit of an exaggerator mm-hmm. to the point where even the police thought he exaggerated everything he said. And then he finally is telling the truth. He's like, these people are bad. They have a car in the garage that has holes in it. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, shut up. he even like somehow almost befriends the Fratellis enough to not die. Yeah. Which, I mean, they killed an FBI agent. I don't think they have any qualms about killing children. Excellent point. But, and he's just sitting there telling them all, like, his deepest secrets. Like, I love that. I cheated on a test in third grade. <laughs> I cheated on a test in fourth grade. Yeah. Uh, you are bring up a real good point. Like, he's kind of the heart and soul of the movie. Right. Him mm-hmm. and Sloth, you know. But I, I almost gave it to Martha Plimpton, too. Don't 
Don't get me wrong, oh, because yeah. she does deliver some of the best lines, too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do the last award? The last award we give out is the Brendan Fraser Award for Existing, a.k.a. the person that could possibly ruin the movie, but the movie's too good. Something tells me we're going to have the same person. Who did you give your award to? Is it Troy? It's Troy. Troy, Troy, the Wonder Boy. <laughs> uh, Stephen Anton. Mm-hmm. And literally the only reason I gave it to him, other than he's the villain and he's a douchebag, but was when he screams Andy Uguni, and he does it so dramatically. Yes. That I almost felt like it didn't fit in the movie. Yeah. First of all, she's kind of dating him. She has a sweater, but they never really like established because the minute she she's away from him, she's all about brand. Yeah. Like they almost kiss like 10 times. And who can blame her? I mean, he's a good-looking guy. Josh Brolin's a good-looking man. Yeah. But, and he's just a douchebag. He just, at the end of the movie, he's just like, sign it. And I'm like, why do you care? Yeah. You're like 16. Well, I had an issue from him the, from the first time you meet him. He grabs a hold of Bran's arm, who's riding a little bike, and takes off and launches him off a cliff. He could have died. Literally could have killed him. Yeah. I'm like, you're a psycho. He's a psycho. Yeah screw steve anton yeah i'm sure he's a nice gentleman he's probably a delightful human being let's be honest i don't know i don't know maybe he's not that good of an actor and he was just playing himself i don't know does he even still act he hasn't acted since 1998 and we're probably all better for it oh (laughs) you're so mean sorry steve so yeah did you have any final thoughts on this movie obviously in these minisodes we're not trying to see if this movie holds up we know it holds up it's an untouchable we love it you can't tell us no that this movie doesn't hold up i think something that i was surprised to learn was i didn't realize how successful it was it was like the number nine movie of the year yeah made a ton of money i saw their fox like in february ordered a television series i was reading an article just now about how there's always been this like when are they going to make a sequel? When are they going to make a sequel? Mm-hmm. And I think similar to Indiana Jones, I think it's like too late. The ship sailed on it? The ship has sailed because you're building up all this anticipation. This movie is beloved. Mm-hmm. So you, the bar is set way too high. Yeah. Whatever you do is going to be an impossible standard that you can't even touch it. It's just like leave it alone. Let it be its own thing. Like Back to the Future. If they ever remake Back to the Future, I don't know if I'll even partake. Shots fired. (laughs) No, I agree with you. At some point when the movie's 35 years old, yeah, your window for making a sequel is pretty much closed. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad they didn't because if if you think about if they would have made one like say in the 90s when all the actors were almost like in their 30s, you know, you could have probably done the thing where they had children already or whatever mm-hmm. I th- they could have ruined it yeah. and I, I I know I've said this before like that reboots and sequels can't ruin the original but I think in this case it could have agreed but the fact that, that it's just a standalone thing it's timeless and it resonates with children like we, we showed it to our nephews who at the time were like 5 and 7 I think yeah it, it held their attention, which is kind of amazing when you think about this generation. Yeah. When all they want to watch is YouTube. <laughs> I would almost say 
don't make a sequel don't do any of that there's it has a legacy that lives on go show your kids stranger things yeah it's incredibly influenced from this yes they they ha- you know this has touched those writers who created you can tell that yeah i i can definitely say like don't make a direct sequel maybe make something that is set in the same world or influenced by it i'd be down for anything Mm -hmm. with like treasure hunt i watched that outer bank show that was on netflix Mm -hmm. it's not really anything like this but it has treasure it's got treasure yeah but it's interesting because of that factor yeah I also think what really benefits this movie is the fact that they use minimal CGI. Yes. And they made impressive sets. Yeah, they made a full-size pirate ship. Yeah. There's two instances that I can think of where... There's some you see CGI. The, yeah, some green screen. Yeah. But they're real brief. Exactly. Exactly. Like I feel like now we're in a good place with CGI where it doesn't look crappy. But there was about a 20-year period where... When you go back and watch this stuff, it doesn't hold up and it, it really hurts the movies. I think if even movies that come out like five years ago, like in 15 years ago, I don't know what our technology is going to be for movies, but I feel like we're going to watch it. And if it's got too much CGI, we're going to be like cringing because it's going to take you out. But like sets. Yes. Sets never go out of style. No. <laughs> I think like they always look really well. They age well. Yeah. No, That's I... just my opinion. I totally agree with you. I love a good set. (laughs) Yeah. I like that you can go to Universal Studios and basically walk out onto the Harry Potter set because that's, I mean, Diagon Alley is essentially the set. Yeah. You know, it's just amazing. That's true. It's not green screened. Well, they did green screen a lot of stuff in that movie, but it was set in a magical world. So it's not like they'd be like, let's get our flying brooms out. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's it, guys. Yeah, that's our that's our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. The Goonies is an amazing movie. A uh, question I did want to ask: What was your sick day movie? Yeah, throw it in the comments. Of what? Of our post. <laughs> Where on today we're gonna put up? Hey, listen to the Goonies thing today on Friday. Put it in the comments. What's your sick day post? I'm razzing you because you're yeah. just like put it in the comments. Put and it I'm in like, the comments. You have to specifically say where to put it. Sorry. The Goonies post from this Friday. Yeah. I want to know. Because mine was Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. That was definitely one of them. And then what I'm now referring to is some of my dad's specials. <laughs> is that what I said today? Or was yes. it yesterday? Yes. You're like, ah. And you rattled off his name. And it was about unnecessary roughness. Yes. Yes. Because we were looking at some movies on Prime and I'm like, unnecessary roughness yeah. was one of my dad's specials i'm pretty sure yeah that's how i know i wish i wonder if he i need to ask him if he still has those movies those vhs's i hope because there was a point where we didn't have a lot of dvds Mm -hmm. or we didn't have any dvds this is pre-dvds we didn't have a lot of movies on vhs other than some disney movies Mm -hmm. and he had recorded so many off tv and cable and if i was bored and there was nothing on tv i'd pop one of those movies in so were you guys the type when you would get the free HBO weekend, you would just go look and see what was going to be on and record the movies? Probably. I don't know. I was totally that way. I lived for HBO weekend. I was like, oh my God, I, I, I'm recording this. I just, the thing I remember about VCRs and recording was 
on Thursdays, I had volleyball practice later in the night and I'd have to record friends. Mm-hmm. And that was always fun. <laughs> I mean, you're just, it seems so archaic now. Yeah. Uh, we were talking yesterday about a TV show and I was like, oh, I don't know how. Oh, Alias. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it seems like this would have been right up my alley. I don't know why I didn't watch it. And you're like, you you took a chop, uh, cheap shot at me and because it was a female lead. So that's why I didn't watch it. And I was like, well, I had a job. That's and true. I, maybe I was watching something else at that time that was up against it. And back yeah. then you had to record it with a VCR. There was no DVR. Or you just had to make a choice. You had to be like, do yeah. I want to watch Friends or whatever else was on <laughs> Thursdays? I have no so, clue. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Who knows what ABC was showing? All I know is NBC was showing Friends. Damn ABCs it. were for Fridays. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Damn straight. Boy meets world, folks. Yeah. But anyway, guys, thanks for listening to our special Minnesota and for joining the Ruiners Club. You guys are amazing. We love you. Mm-hmm. And answer that question. What was your sick time movie? Or did you do something else? Because I also like to take out the old Nintendo Oh. Even when I was like 17 and we had the PlayStation, I'd still take out the Nintendo and play Super Mario Brothers. That was my sick time ritual. So let us know what yours is and we'll probably read them on the next episode. Ooh, we should totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.